Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Hello and welcome to Attacking Third, a CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. I'm Sandra Herrera, lead NWSL writer for CBS Sports. Joined today, as always, by my colleague and co-host Lisa Roman, NWSL analyst and broadcaster. On this episode, we are giving you all a weekend preview of the NWSL matches ahead. But there's also some news that has dropped that we got to go through. Expansion draft information, United States Women's National Team friendly rosters, and we're going to get through it all. But a quick reminder that you can watch NWSL full game extended highlights at youtube.com slash attacking third. Go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube page so that you don't miss any of the action. Of course, we can never just have one episode where it's strictly just a preview. There's always going to be other things that we've got to chat about. Lisa, let's get through it. How are you doing today? I'm good. Of course, there's news. There's always news happening. And Sandra, you and I are so busy this week, which actually makes me really excited for the future of Attacking Third. I know that Sandra usually plugs this and she does a great job, but hit subscribe on our YouTube page because then you'll get alerts for when our videos drops. And uh, we have a lot dropping coming up. So just stay prepared. It makes us really busy on the back end. But honestly, guys, I'm so excited for you to see it all. Sandra, how are you? I like the socks hat. Thanks. I'm I'm feeling it too. The team is doing all right. I'm I'm feeling the the energy. It's not gonna take the place of soccer in my heart, but I always enjoy dabbling in other sports that are not the game of soccer. So I figured, you know what, let's rock the socks today. I typically have the sign in the background. But another sport that's uh, starting to, to heat up is the NFL, Lisa. The NFL, it's heating up just like baseball, but football's back, everyone. The NFL has finally returned, and the Pick 6 podcast is your top audio destination for comprehensive coverage of the 2021 season. Join host Will Brinson and company for extensive game previews and all of the picks you need, plus recaps immediately after Monday, Thursday, and Sunday night football games. That and so much more coming this fall on the Pick 6 podcast feed. Download, follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever else that you listen to your podcasts, uh, go birds. I have to throw that in there. Go Eagles this year. You got to get it in. I'm sure. I, I don't know if I feel that enthusiastically about the Bears, but it's a new season and a new day. And that is when the most energy comes into play. So I'll say bear down, baby. I need to get some <laughs> Eagles gear for my backdrop here in my my little home studio. Um, next up, that put it, put that on my to-do list because NFL is back. Well, I'll, I'll try to look into that as well. I think right now I've only got some limited things on my wall. Maybe I'll get some more sports things in my little office space, including, honestly, quite frankly, more NWSL gear. I can't get enough of it. I definitely want to get some more and hopefully have that hanging up uh, in the office space. But uh, let's jump right into some of this news. Exciting news, quite frankly. There uh, was the announcement of NWSL expansion draft rules. The NWSL expansion draft will be taking place 
on December 16th. It's a big one. There are officially two teams that are going to be joining the league come 2022. Both West Coast squads, both California teams. We've got Angel City FC and San Diego NWSL. And there was a lot of curiosity, quite frankly, around this uh, potential expansion draft. Lisa, a lot of unknowns because in years prior, with expansion drafts, it's typically been one team at a time, whether it was Houston Dash or Orlando Pride or this most recent uh, this most recent expansion draft with, with Racing Louisville FC, which didn't include Kansas City because Kansas City NWSL was a team that did join the league uh, for, for 2021, but they joined the league uh, via uh, going ahead and, and taking the roster from U- formerly Utah Royals FC and then creating Kansas City NWSL. So that's maybe what we could start with when it comes to some of these roles that we're getting into and some of the things that stood out to us within the the announcement of all of these uh, draft rules because we weren't too sure if they were going to be super reflective of expansion drafts priors. But for starters, one of the things that stood out to me, Lisa, was the fact that there are only going to be nine teams participating in this expansion draft. I believe one of the reasons uh, is that Kansas City is not going to be participating participating in this one. This was one of the reasons uh, they jumped into the regular season for 2021 is that they were going to have uh, protection going into that potential expansion draft. So not 10 teams available for this one, Lisa, only nine. Only nine. It, and another thing, jumping off of that, remember the trade that Louisville had rights to Kristen Press and they traded to Angel City. They traded for ja- draft protection from Angel City. So Angel City cannot choose players from Racing Louisville's team. Just another caveat to throw in there. Everyone, if you like have a pad of paper and you're getting ready for December 16th, there are a lot of things that you need to write down just so you can keep track because this draft is going to be crazy. Another thing in, in the rule that jumped out to me specifically is that um, each of the 12 clubs in the NWSL will have the option of including up to five international player spots on their roster. In years past, in this season right now, it's only four international slots. So adding an extra slot on each one of these teams, that was kind of buried in (laughs) in these rules that came out. But hey, I caught it and I found it. And I think that's super interesting to add that fifth player to that. Um, I think this change was requested by the league and then ultimately approved by U.S. Soccer, the board of directors. And I'm excited for this. I love having these international players come in, but there was so much to break down on this expansion draft and rule list list. Um, There's another one for me that each team may lose no more than one player from each position group. So we mentioned that there's only nine teams in this. So San Diego and Angel City will only receive nine players, right? But they can only pick one player from each position group. So each team needs to list out their players that are available, unprotected, to be drafted. So if you take a look at Racing Louisville, say, um, they can only protect so many players on their roster, nine of them. So if they have forwards available, such as Nadia Nadim and Ebony Salmon, but only one of them can be drafted by either team. So they will remain one of them because it's only one player drafter from each position group, which that's that's an interesting little caveat we have in this there's, draft. There's like it's almost like there's these there's these 
very <laughs> this is very weird for lack of a better word here very weird uh potential loopholes uh, to sort of dig in between the phrasing of some of these these words and and quite frankly that might work to the benefit of of a certain team depending on who is on the clock or or otherwise or or the expansion teams who are the ones choosing um you don't know until you know and for example i had just in this past um expansion draft with racing louisville joining the fold in 2021 they engaged in a trade prior to the expansion draft with chicago red stars for full roster protection so chicago said okay we'll engage in a trade with you but this is what we're giving you and you can't touch anything else. We're, we're out of the expansion draft. So that was um, an asset that I don't, I'm not sure people were aware that was able to be done. And then all of a sudden it got approved and uh, away we go. And here we are in ahead of this expansion draft and racing Louisville, making a little bit of a trade of their own to, to try to do the same thing, to try to give themselves some protection, at least from one of the teams that are coming into the fold. So whenever there's room within the rules for different interpretations i'll just say lisa <laughs> weird things can happen so i am absolutely going to be keeping my eyes on this nws uh, expansion draft for sure i love the loopholes and i know that teams will find their loopholes so just to give everyone a timeline of what's happening this uh list was just announced but december 3rd is when the trade and the waiver window closes december 9th is the end of the season process concludes. Remember, November 20th is the NWSL championship. So that's December 9th. Then on December 10th at noon, the protected list deadline comes out. So that means each team must submit their nine players that are protected, including one U.S. allocated player. That is December 10th at noon. December 10th at 5 p.m., that protected and unprotected list will be distributed to the teams. And then December 16th is the expansion draft. So that's just six days for Angel City and San Diego to take a look over the list of players that are protected and unprotected and kind of come up with a game plan. I'm sure those wheels are already turning for San Diego and Angel City because they have a lot to to pick up on and a lot to choose from from these teams and all of the players that are happening in the league. And then there will be a $250 fine to any team that fails to submit their protected, unprotected list by the deadline on December 10th. So December 16th is the expansion draft and then December 17th the trade windows open, which honestly means that the floodgates open and the craziness will continue. And we will be here for you on Attacking Third covering it all. Yeah. And of course, like in years prior, just going off of, we can only go off of uh, prior experience. And just because some of these deadlines are in place, quite frankly, doesn't necessarily mean that they've always been adhered to. So deals could be made uh, on that date, but quite frankly, might not be announced until a much later date. Again, loopholes teams tend to find them for some reason uh and uh so we'll be paying attention to that it's it's uh i feel like this is just the beginning <laughs> lisa i feel like once we get closer into december uh obviously into the mix of the off season we'll start hearing some more rumblings we might even see some trades taking place some moves taking place uh, ahead of that and or or during or post uh, we will be here to to cover it all uh with you our listeners but another quick bit of fun news that uh is Reflective of the league as well is the announcement of the United States Women's National Team training camp roster. There are some international friendlies that are coming up, some exhibition games, quite frankly. And uh, 
the first of four uh, two matches against Paraguay are coming up in September in Ohio. And a lot of this roster that got announced, Lisa, the core of it, obviously, is the Tokyo Olympians, right? A little bit of a, within their CBA, they have to go ahead and play some of these games and, you know, introduce themselves as uh, Tokyo bronze medalists. Uh, but within that, there have been, you know, some injuries, right? When we talked about coming out and exiting the summer games some of the injuries that came into light, some big names uh, are going to be included in the training camp, but not necessarily be available for a selection. So somebody like Alyssa Nair and somebody like Sam Mewis are going to be uh, available for evaluation purposes in terms of their rehab progress uh, of their injuries. Although somebody like Julie Ertz is completely uh, unavailable from this moment at all. But in light of some of the absences, there's also a big name, and somebody like Kristen Press, who has uh, made the decision uh, for her mental health to opt out of these current friendlies. And, and, and that's a big one, too. Uh, we've been talking a lot about um, player injuries and whether or not and how and when they're available. Uh, but a, a, a big thing I think that's very important that we haven't been able to take the time to, to chat about a little bit is the importance of one's mental health. And uh, in uh, adjacent to this announcement uh, from U.S. Soccer, uh, Kristen Press went ahead and made uh, an Instagram post on her personal Instagram talking about, you know, her her reasoning behind, uh, you know, postponing playing for a little bit while she steps away for a second on the international stage and takes some time for herself. Yeah, the Instagram post um, was honestly really nice. It was a good look into Kristen Press's decision making, just a snippet of what she said. Um, quote, I've made the difficult decision to take some time away from the game to focus on mental health, spiritual growth, and processing grief. Of course, you can read her full message on Instagram, but the the players, I mean, Kristen Press, that was a shock initially for me to not see her name on the list, just based on everything that has happened, um, how she was brought into Tokyo and then the signing with Angel City. Uh, but obviously mental health comes first and foremost, especially for these athletes and to have the wherewithal to understand that and say, I'm going to take a step back. Um, and then other players missing from the list. I, I know we mentioned a bunch of them, but Megan Rapino, due to her injury, she's not going to be taking this trip, but Carly Lloyd, She'll be there on her retirement uh, parade around with the U.S. Women's National Team, which is really exciting. So snag your tickets for these games because it will be good. But because of a number of players not on the roster, um, opt-outs or injuries due to that, it makes room for some other players, Sandra, which is so, so exciting, especially for the future of U.S. soccer and this women's national team. Because as we saw after the Tokyo 2020 one 2020 roster was put out there was a number of players that were left off of that list that were of course upset about that and disappointed but they went back to their teams, especially within the nwsl and said that they were not going to let this slow them down and they were just going to turn it on full power a few of those beings forward sophia smith with the portland thorns we have seen her just explode over the last few weeks with the Thorns, getting goals, being so creative and dynamic in her play, really becoming a four-dimensional player on the field, not just sticking to one or two skill sets that she has. Another player, uh, midfielder Andy Sullivan with the Washington Spirit, 
player that's been in and out of training camps with the national team. Um, and now she gets a shot at another one. She was not in Tokyo, but she has proven that with the Washington spirit over the last few weeks, she is a key pivotal player in their midfield, not just making plays on the ball, but she's the one consistent factor, uh, maybe alongside Tori Huster in the midfield for the spirit that has just been tremendous over this season and especially the last few weeks. And then the last player that was a big shock, Sandra, I'm going to let you take this one because you're a big Chicago Red Stars girly. Mallory Pugh, she made the list. She's coming back. It's a comeback for Mal Pugh. You know, uh, this uh, this season for Mel Pugh has been spectacular. I'll just use that word because it has been. You know, this is a player who burst onto the scene very, very young and who is a player who is still quite young in the beginning stages of her professional career and playing development and became a part of the Chicago Red Stars team via trade. And one of the big things in a lot of the early media uh, availability with this player was to get into a place in a system where she can a continue her development while still kind of rehabbing and kind of coming back from some of these injuries. And, and throughout this season, we've heard her say uh, sort of how she's been feeling about playing in a, in a lengthy regular season for the first time, quite frankly, in her pro career because she has had to deal with a number of significant injuries in the past that have always sort of disrupted, um, you know, her, her regular season playing time, whether it was with a team like the Gaspira or uh, Sky Blue at the time. Uh, but now being with Chicago and kind of having a full regular season under her belt, we're starting to see who Mallory Pugh is and what she can provide and who, how she can produce and how she can create. So Black Ondanovsky calling these three players in collectively isn't too surprising. Um, you know, hearing him, uh, you know, state in the, in the press release that huge reason why they wanted to, to bring in some players were, yeah, because they were out with some players for injury. So they had to bring additional players into training, but they needed players who were getting consistent minutes, seeing regular time on the pitch and who were in form. Um, so that's a huge compliment to these players who have been putting together uh, very productive seasons for their respective clubs. Mallory Pugh, obviously one of those as well. Um, but it's, it's not too shocking, right? For me as someone who's maybe covering the team a little closer than, than others. Uh, but I think in a, in a window like this, right, it's, it's going to be taking place in an international window where there are no NWSL games. There's going to be a, a domestic club break. Um, and having a coach like Lagomandanowski, that is something that we did kind of view as a, as a pro for, for this particular coach uh, when he was put in this position was, you know, the fact that he did have such a, a big background in NWSL, in domestic club play, uh, that he sort of understands and knows the importance and the value of regular consistent club play. So even within all of uh, all of the announcements of the roster and including these particular three players, he says, hey, yes, we need them because they're getting consistent regular minutes with the club, they're in form, but they're also in the middle of playoff push, all three of these players who are playing for their respective clubs. So not only are they going to come in and probably get some training with us and also potentially see some um, uh, match day minutes against a team like Paraguay, but they're in the middle of a push and we got to manage their minutes as well. So it's it's I feel like it's a nice mix of like mutual understanding on, on, on both sides here.
I mean, can you just imagine the forward lineup of Mallory Pugh, Sophia Smith, Lynn Williams? Like how fun that would be to watch, Sandra. I'm so excited to watch these friendlies. I really am. I cannot imagine it. I honestly don't think I will believe it until I actually see it. If there comes, if there is actually a scenario within these two friendlies where Lynn Williams, Sophia Smith, and Mel Pugh are all on the pitch at the same time, uh, I don't know what we're going to see, but it'll be exciting. We'll we'll probably be freaking out in our respective homes watching these games um, and make your way to Ohio to watch this because if it happens in person, that's amazing. Um, One thing that, Sandra, I want to pick your brain on looking at these rosters and the names that have come out uh, a few months ago before the Olympics, before Vladko Andonovsky named his final roster for Tokyo, there was a number of players in the mix, um, one that we're not seeing here in Margaret Purse. And she has been plagued with injury over the last few weeks playing with Gotham. She hasn't been on the roster list. She hasn't been traveling due to that injury. Do you think that she, Purse, would have been in the talks to join this core group were it not for the injury or why is she named off this list? Is it solely due to injury? I absolutely think it's solely due to injury. I think prior to her picking up the knock that she did with Gotham, Margaret Purse was putting together the type of season that we were expecting to see post being left off an Olympic roster and going back to her, uh, her club. So she picked up a knock and unfortunately it was a significant one. She's been out for several weeks now, but prior Mm -hmm. to that, she was helping produce some very good soccer for Gotham. And they were absolutely making waves and making noise during that Olympic stretch as a team to watch. And uh, they've struggled a little bit in front of in front of goal w- without her and her ability to attack and create. Um, but I absolutely believe this is the player who would have been on this roster had she been able to, to participate. I don't think it foreshadows anything in terms of uh, her being left off or not in the larger pool of things. Um, I really do believe if once she rehabs and probably maybe looking closer to that 2022 camp, we're going to see somebody like Purse back into the mix for sure. And the numbers will shake out as as everyone knows, sadly, Carly Lloyd retiring. So that opens up another space for the future. Um, but these numbers will definitely shake out. But for this first international break in September against uh, Paraguay, I'm excited for this lineup. I'm excited to see what Vlatko Andonovsky throws together and, and his 11 that he sees on the pitch. And we look at the goalkeepers, too. Um, that's something that I would love to see. Jane Campbell get a full 90 minute yes. game under her belt. Um, Cause mm-hmm. it's 80 France right now. And Jane Campbell, listen, Nair will be going, but she's injured right now. So probably won't see time just as a safety precaution and minute management on her side of things. But I'd love to see Jane Campbell get a full game under her belt. Yeah. If, if there, there's two games. So if there's, if it comes down to each goalkeeper getting a game against Paraguay, then I'm just, I'm here for it. I think that makes a lot of sense. I would like to see uh, it happen. I think Black Kondinovsky also would like to to see that happen as well, um, especially because you don't know what's going to come out of these games and how the the um, the rehabilitation is going to go for Alyssa Nair and looking at something like ahead a little bit to those October friendlies. And maybe thinking a little bit about that window of time as well, like who you're going to call in for that alongside maybe a Campbell, a French and or a Nair who may or may not be up to par uh, by then. So uh, I would like to see that coming out of these games for sure. I, I hope that there is, you know, some more rotation. I know some people during the actual Olympics as the tournament were, were, was going on 
weren't huge fans of the constant rotation. They felt that that kind of maybe contributed to some disjointed choppy soccer from the United States women's national team. But when it comes to moments like this, exhibition games in an international window, mix it up. I'm here for it. Let's see it. I'm excited about it. Lisa, We've got NWSL soccer action that's going to take place over the weekend. We've got to preview some of these games. Believe it or not, we've got a couple teams that are missing from this weekend's actions. We're going to get into the preview of these games coming up right now after a quick break. NWSL action will pick up on Friday this week. We've got games taking place Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, we will be without Gotham FC and Kansas City and WSL. They were supposed to play on Friday, September the 10th, but Legends Field in Kansas City, where the Kansas City Monarchs and Kansas City and WSL uh, play, it was double booked after the Monarchs uh, clinched a South Division game, and they actually have to prepare for a playoff run. So it's been rescheduled uh, to October the 22nd at 7 p.m. And uh, we will miss them this weekend, but there's a ton of other games going on. So we've got eight clubs participating in NWSL action this weekend. Let's start with this first game, Lisa. We've got Houston Dash hosting Chicago Red Stars. It is going to be the second meeting of the regular season between these two sides. Chicago currently sitting in fifth place in the standings in playoff position. Houston Dash on the outside looking in, really trying to pick up some points. Who are you picking in this game and why? Well, before we jump into all of this, everyone just remember that last weekend, every single game ended in a tie, in a draw. So I'm hoping for results this week. I'm hoping for teams to get three points because that's really what teams need. So, okay, looking at Houston Dash, Chicago Red Stars, Chicago number five in the standings, Houston Dash number eight. Um, last two times, the last time, excuse me, that these two teams met, Houston got on the board early. And in the second half, we've talked about it here Head coach of Chicago Red Stars, Rory Dames. He's so smart. He knows this game so well. He knows his players so well. He can read the game just incredibly that he actually switched formation for his Chicago Red Stars teams in the second half. He watched the first 45 minutes, understood where the space was on the field, and that his current formation wasn't utilizing the space that Houston was giving him. Switched up the formation in the second half, got the ball wide, which is where the space was against Houston, ended up scoring two goals to come back and win that match. So that's something that James Clarkson for Houston is going to make sure he doesn't do again against Rory Dames, go up and then let up two goals. But this game is really played off the ball. It's truly a chess match between how Dash and the Red Stars like to play. Um, We've also seen Rachel Daly for Houston Dash getting back into the mix a lot. Uh, She tends to drop off in the midfield, which... um, is a tendency for her to pick up the ball and combine with Shea Groom and and then get the ball into the attack. But if she can stay higher up the field and really occupy Tierna Davidson and Sarah Gordon center backs for Chicago, Rachel Daly can cause so much trouble for opponents. Um, This one though, I, I think I'm going to give it to Chicago red stars. Um, I think Rachel Daly will cause trouble, but the win will go in Chicago's favor for this one. Sandra, who do you have? Lisa, it's like music to my ears anytime you pick Chicago anything. I don't do it to please you. I don't do it to please you. I do it to win and get my picks right, Sandra, but fine. I'm happy you're happy. I got to say, I don't know if I'm going with a win or a loss in this one. I I really do feel like this one actually might be a draw. Honestly, I think both of these teams would be 
perhaps content if they do at this point in the season walk away with points mm-hmm. out of this second meeting between the two of them at minimum. Houston is a tough place to play in. And I feel like both of these teams have kind of slugged it out at times when it has been in that hot, humid Texas heat. So I wouldn't be surprised if it does play out to a draw and even a low one at that. Maybe 0-0, maybe 1-1. We'll see. Let's look ahead a little bit to Saturday. We got Orlando Pride taking on Racing Louisville FC to quick plug lisa we had a great interview with nadia nadim we even chatted a little bit about this game go check it out if you haven't yet but orlando pride hosting this one another team that's kind of clogged in the middle of points in terms of chasing and maybe perhaps bettering their playoff positioning who do you got in this one lisa why are you picking them Last time these teams faced, they drew 1-1. Louisville had the lead for most of the game. And then none other than Sidney LaRue comes back and gets the equalizer in stoppage time of regulation, like the 90th plus five minutes or something. Something incredible that we are never surprised to see from Sidney LaRue. But um, Louisville needs a win. They need three wins uh, to stay in the, the playoff push race right now um there's seven matches left in this season they currently sit uh number nine in the standings just ahead of kansas city with 17 points so let's just say seven games left i'm going to try to do some quick math here i was a journalism major not a math major 17 points seven games left if they get say they win all of them seven times three 38 points on the season portland is still number one as of right now 15 points ahead of them right now Yeah, they need a win. Basically, what I'm trying to say is after that quick math for you all, thank you. Thank you. I'm impressed with myself. Louisville needs a win, and they need three points. Now, Orlando Pride, um, Ashlyn Harris uh, left the game last weekend with a head injury. She was on concussion protocol. We are not sure at the time of this recording if her injury status has been updated or not, if she will be playing or if Aaron McLeod will be brought into this matchup against Louisville. Either way, Orlando has solid defense. Uh, They have leaders in their back line that know how to get the job done, and they have prolific goal scorers up top. I think this one, I don't know. This makes me so hard (laughs) to pick these ones. It really does. And I know it's just a podcast, but it really, I want to get it right, and it makes it hard for me. Sandra, who do you have? You know what? I think I'm going Orlando Pride with this one. I I think they realize the position that they're in. I think that at our time of recording this, we don't have uh, a ton of official information on the injury to Ash and Harris. I think that's going to play a huge role if it is significant and she is out for some time. But they have capable keepers on that team to slot in. You know, Aaron McLeod's coming back to this team as a as a as a gold medalist, uh, you know, and has been on the the bench. And she featured in a game prior to the Olympics before heading off with Canada. So if they end up having to tap into some of their their goalkeepers there, there's there's the there's people who could slot in. But if you're a team like Orlando, who is more in the picture than somebody like racing you absolutely want to pick up all of the points where you can. And I do not think it is an unfair thing if a team who is in a better position in the standings takes a look at the schedule and say, this is a team on our radar that we absolutely have to take advantage of and beat. So I'm going to go with Orlando on this one. I think they might bring it. 
I think Orlando could win this as well. I really do. They're coming off a 1-1 draw to Houston. So they had uh, some some of their offense stifled by the dashed back line. But looking at a team like Racing, I think they'll put up a good fight defensively against Orlando Pride. But I agree, the Pride will come out on top after this Saturday match. We'll see what happens. We'll have to revisit these picks to see if we are correct. Let's roll into Sunday where we've got a doubleheader to close out NWSL action. It's North Carolina Courage hosting Portland Thorns FC. It's a big one. I think when you're looking at these four matches, this is the one you got circled. That's a must-see. We've got number one versus number two in the standings. Carolina at number two. Portland Thorns at number one. It's a shield race for sure if North Carolina Courage comes away with a win on this. It's going to be huge for them. Portland Thorns, same scenario. They give themselves some cushion, right? And, and North tough. Carolina has done it before. Yeah. Last it's, time out, North Carolina beat Portland, but you're exactly right, Sandra. This is the match that's circled for sure on my calendar. It's on Big CBS Network, so you can watch this game there for that for this Sunday matchup, but you're exactly right. It's it's a title race between number one and number two. 32 points for Portland Thorns right now at the top of the table. 29 for North Carolina. So if North Carolina gets this win against Portland Thorns, that's three points. It puts them tied in first place with Portland, which Portland has been the lone dog at the top of these standings for weeks. It's about time someone comes up and pressures them. And it's been North Carolina on the Portland Thorns heels for the majority of this season. Um, last time out, North Carolina beat Portland 2-0. Two, two this game is going to be so tight. I almost think it could end in a draw, but I'm not, I'm not, that's not my prediction. I'm just saying that if it happens, I'm not going to be surprised with how tight these teams will be defensively. I think it'll be a really narrow scoreline in the end. Um, a winner, if there is one, if it's not a draw, it'll be a 1-0 scoreline for sure. I don't think that the scoring will be opened up that much. Um, but at this match, for sure, it's circled. I'm going to watch it. Everyone tune into this one. Yeah, there's just something about like these, some of these games that tend to feature clubs that might have um, more allocated players on it than normal, let's just say. We've got North Carolina Courage and We've got Portland Thorns, who are going to have a number of players represent in that United States Women's National Team game. Those type of players are big, big competitors. They want to exit. <laughs> they want to exit to their training camps on a high. So I'm expecting some high octane level action in this one. When it comes to these types of players, I'm going to be looking for Lynn Williams to stay active. I'm going to be looking for Sophia Smith to be real, real motivated, quite frankly. So I think this could be an exciting game. I would love for the games that are taking place this week. If we do have a high scoring one, I would love for it to be this one. I feel like in the past between these two teams, maybe they've kind of been a little bit one-sided, but I would love for it to be a little bit of a, a more high scoring on, on, on both sides of the ball. So we'll see what happens. I'm going to go with the home side. I'm going to say that the Courage are going to take this one and keep things interesting in the standings. I think the Courage will will win this one, too. I, I mean, I don't think, yes, they're going to win it. They're going to crush Portland Thorns. But 
I think that they could do it. They've been on a really nice run. They have really good pace with the cadence of the season. And at this point where they are and a player like Lynn Williams, you're exactly right. She's going to want to show Vlatko and Danofsky that she deserves to be the starting nine up top or a starting player in the front line. And to do that, she needs to score a goal against Portland Thorns, against A.D. French, none other than. So, or excuse me, she's not there anymore. I apologize. But <laughs> you know what I mean? Lynn Williams needs to score a goal against Portland Thorns. Yeah, Bella Bigsby, a team that's done great defensively. So I hope North Carolina gets this one just to make the standings fun. We'll see what happens. We've got one final one to go through. We've got Washington Spirit hosting O.L. Reign. You want to talk about a team that's chasing some things? O.L. Reign currently sitting at number three, also with 29 points. What happens, you know, if uh, if they play to a draw with the Courage and the Thorns? If O.L. Reign get a win in this one and there's a draw on the other side, they, they can leap into number two. And so they're right there in the thick of this shield chase, quite frankly. But I'm looking at a Washington spirit side, Lisa, that are trying to better their position. They're currently in six in the standing. That is the final playoff position if people are keeping track. And honestly, the standings keeps changing up week to week. So looking at this match, I think if you're obviously the Washington spirit side of things, you're like, I want to get this win. I got to get a result. And if you get it against a team like Rain, who has been producing some pretty impressive results, I think that's also got to be quite the morale booster as well for this type of team. Who are you picking and why, Lisa? Oh, all rain. No Megan Rapino for this game. She's expected to return later in the season. Um, last time out, Washington Spirit beat Owal Rain. Um, and then, as I mentioned, all of the draws last weekend <laughs> happened. So both of these teams coming off of a draw, but Owal Rain's draw coming against Racing Louisville, which I think hurt Owal Rain. I think it really did hurt their pride in a sense because just a few games before that, they had the Cascadia rivalry that they won, um, which was tremendous for OL Rain. So, I, I think OL Rain is going to come out on top of this match against Washington Spirit because not that Washington Spirit isn't ready and they're not prepared to fight, but OL Rain has taken a beating the last two weeks or so, and now they're ready to get back. They understand they didn't have Megan Rapino last week nor the week before, so they understand how to play without her. Jess Fishlock in the midfield combining with Rose Lavelle, and their attacking presence is so tremendous. And now that Laura Harvey has switched uh, Huerta to the outside back, she's getting more comfortable in that position. I think the pieces are really falling into place for OL Reign, and they will take this win over Washington Spirit. We'll see. I think I'd like to agree with you, but I think just to close it out, I'll disagree. I think I'm going to go with the spirit. I think I'm looking at big players like Andy Sullivan. She's going to have a lot of work in that midfield for sure. But part of O.L. Reign's really impressive streak of games there was really dependent on breakout moments from Megan Rapino, And they've already been without her. And so we'll see what happens there. It's going to be up to someone else to, to step up. Who's going to be that person, right? For the spirit, They've also got to get their things uh, back in order in terms of their attack. I would like to see some more of that dynamic play that we have been used to seeing throughout the regular season and that sort of front three with Sanchez, Rodman, and Hatch. And I think if they could get it going in a game like this, it can help kind of propel them throughout the remainder and the final weeks of this season. So I'm going to be going with a narrow scoreline. I'm going to be going with the spirit on this one. Four games to close out NWSL action 
I can't wait to see it, Ali. So I want to thank everybody for joining us. As always, we will be back soon with a recap episode of all these games. Uh, appreciate you all as always. Thank you for listening. Just want to remind you that we are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere you listen to your podcast show. Please leave us a five star review. If you do that on Apple Podcasts with a question, we will answer it as part of our mailbag segment that takes place on Attacking Third. Just want to remind you that we're also available as videos, so please subscribe to us on YouTube for episodes and extended NWSL highlights. Visit youtube.com slash attacking third. And we will be back on Monday with the recap of all of the weekend's actions. So check back with us to see who got their game predictions correct. For Sandra Herrera and Lisa Roman, this was Attacking Third.